Welcome to Life Church. I'm so glad that you joined with us. We really pray that this message today will make a difference in your world. Well, we are celebrating Mothering Sunday, and we know that for some of you in here, this doesn't apply as in you're not a mum yet, or this is not part of your journey thus far. And yet, I do think that there are things that we can learn from mothering that apply to all of us. There are lessons that we can learn that I want to try and extract this evening to put into your life to help you for when you find yourself in a position of influence, in a position where you do have a voice, in a position where you do have an area that you get to shape or nurture or give input to. And so I want to draw out a few principles that I think are worth you tucking in the pocket, as it were, of your life so you can pull them out in times when you may feel like you are losing the plot and you're not really sure what is going on. I think that mothering is best described in this expression that I'm putting over what I'm speaking to you about. And I think mothering is learning while you're leading. It is learning while you're leading. And all the mothers said, come on, mothers, this is your moment tonight. So you have to amen really loudly to get the point across, especially if your children are sat anywhere near you. But learning while you're leading is really a good description for what mothering looks like. And actually, it's a description for what leadership looks like. If you're leading young people, if you're running a business, if you're in a marriage, we're all learning as we're trying to lead the area that we are entrusted with. And the reason why I say this is because just in the natural, when you become a mother, all of a sudden, you know, you go into hospital one day with a big round stomach, and the next day you come out with a human being. And you're like, okay, this just got really scary. This just got really real because when this baby was inside my belly, I did not stress out as much as I am stressed out right now. But now that it actually can make eye contact with me and look at me like, you better know what you're doing. My life depends upon you. You suddenly get cold sweats and palpitations because you realize no stalk is going to fly down and take this away if you mess up. This baby is in your life for good. And so the baby arrives, and as the baby arrives, you are barraged with helpful friends and meaningful well-doers that tell you all the things that you do not know yet, and you better learn fast. They let you know about the germs that accumulate on bottles, and you better know how to sterilize. But then they let you know, well, you shouldn't have a bottle until you finish feeding yourself the baby. And then they all discuss with you when you should finish feeding the baby yourself. And then they talk about how you should wash the baby, clean the baby, the baby. Then they tell you about how you should change the baby, how you should let the baby sleep, how they sleep, which side they sleep on. And all of a sudden, your mind is swelling with information. So now you are trying to lead, but you are learning as you lead. And this is the balance that most mothers do. And if you see a new mother, they will have a look like they have been hit by a truck. And it is because we feel like we have been hit by a truck. It is not just the lack of sleep that makes us look crazy lazy. 
lady. We actually are going crazy lady because we are freaking out that you all think we know what we're doing and you come to church and people look at you and they goo and gar over your baby and you're like, help me inside. I'm dying. I want to tell you that I have no clue what I'm doing, but I can't let the side down. And we are learning as we are leading. I think of my own mother who fell pregnant when she was 16 years of age. Hello, with me. Talk about learning as you're leading. She was not that much older than the baby she was bringing into the world. And all of a sudden, this becomes a real juggle. This is what it looks like when you are a parent. This is what it looks like when you're leading someone that's been entrusted to your care. You're like, I hope I read the book right. I hope I'm doing this right. And just as you feel you are getting on top of it, things change. Where is my next helper? Things change because all of a sudden, you go from baby to young person. And you're like, wait a minute, I just learned all of these skills. These skills do not work on you. I don't even understand you. I don't even know your language. You come from another planet. I don't understand your hormones. I don't understand why you're so angry all the time. And all of a sudden, you have to load now a trolley up with new information called, what is that machine that you play on 24-7? The Xbox, no. Xbox One, no. The PlayStation, no. It's not a PlayStation, no. It's a Tento Switch. I am so confused right now. It used to just be a television when I was growing up, and it didn't even have a remote control. You got up out of your seat and you changed it with your finger. Oh my word, can you imagine telling your kids that now? What do you mean, mom? You have to get up and walk to the telly. Yes, that's what we had to do, but now I'm supposed to know how to raise you. I'm supposed to know how to communicate with you. So as I am leading you, I am learning all the way along. I'm like, I'm like I've got this. I know exactly what you're talking about. Go on Google at night, because I have no idea what you're talking about. I totally know how to keep the internet safe. I have no idea how to keep the internet safe. I am trying to learn as I lead, and just when you think you've got it down, Yet again, they emerge and they change and they morph to another age group altogether. And then you're like, okay, now I have like these young adults in my life. And I have to try and tell them things like how to be at university. And then I have to tell them that when they finish university, they have to get a J-O-B. They have to get a J-O-B. It's a job. I know that that makes them come out in hives, but you still have to tell them, you are 25, get out of my house. Okay, so you are learning as you are leading and you're loading up. Come on, you slow, load up. Help this poor mother out. And just as you think, you're getting on top of that. Some of you are crazy enough as you're trying to do that to go all the way back here and start all over again. And if this thing comes out a different gender than that one, you have to get all new information. I mean, their body parts are different. How they go to the bathroom is different. Their emotions are different. They have cycles that are different. You're like, oh my word, I am now having double trouble in my life. And I heard someone say that if you imagine yourself drowning, and as you're drowning, someone throws you a baby. That's what it feels like to have a third child. And that is why we only have two. 
because I did not want to drown any more than I already am. So for all you with more than two children, you are crazy and I salute you. God bless you all. But this is what it looks like, thank you. The journey of learning as you're leading, feeling that you are only sometimes a step in front of the very responsibility that you have to handle. And if you've ever felt that way in your marriage, in your life, in part of your journey, if you ever felt that way, you are in good company because we all feel that way. There is no perfect parent. There is no perfect father. There is no perfect mother. We are all works in progress. So kids, give us a break. Lighten up. We are learning and we're trying to do our best by you. And so I want to, over all of that, just give a few bits of wisdom because in the daunting and in the overwhelming moments that you face, you have to remember just a few things that keep you sane. The first thing I want to say to you that is like a card for you to tuck in your pocket and pull out and remember on this journey. Number one is heart trumps everything. Heart trumps everything. I play cards every now and again with my hubby and our friends and we have a game that we like to play called Pinochle and I was never a game player. My parents didn't grow up with us playing a lot of card games because they had a lot of kids and so we didn't do card games because that would be World War Three. And so we didn't do that but now I'm an adult. I play these card games and I was, you know, educated that when the card is called a trump card, whatever other card is laid down, the trump card beats them all. Even if you lay down the ace of another suit, the trump card beats the ace. And I want you to know that when you are raising your family, when you are bringing up children, when you are investing in a generation, whatever it looks like, even in your marriage, this is good marriage advice. Some of you that are not married yet, yet took this away for when you are. Heart trumps everything, everything. If, if parenting was like a deck of cards, I would say the spades represent the work. I would say the clubs represent the discipline. I would say the diamonds represent all the stuff that goes with it. But here's what I would say to that. If you just have the spade, the work, if all it is is work and giving out orders, then you will build a regime. If all it is is the club, the discipline, then you will build a prison where your children frequently serve time. If all you build is diamonds, which is stuff, and all you give them is stuff, then you will build a museum. But all of those things with heart attached to them look very different. And one of the things that gets hurt the most, one of the things that as a mother I have experienced time after time after time is a heart attack. Not a natural one, but an actual inside heart attack where either fear grips your heart or you sense that you've done something wrong, or you're worried about what your kids think, and literally your heart begins to feel the stress of the situation. That's why the Bible says you should guard your heart above all other stuff, guard your heart, because out of your heart comes the well-being of your life. And you know there's a verse in the Bible, and maybe you're not a verse with the Bible, 
Maybe somebody brought you here tonight as a guest and a visitor. There's a verse in the Bible that often gets read out at weddings. Because at weddings, we like to speak about love and remind people about love. But I think when it comes to parenting and leading our kids, we should remember this verse because we need this verse deep down in our arsenal, as it were, for when we go about life. And this verse is in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me read it to you. It says, love, that trump card, it never gives up. And there are times when you will feel like giving up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. And sometimes you have to remember, in the heat of the moment, love must trump your anger, for what you will do in anger will ruin what you want to go on and build. It doesn't fly off the handle because love takes the edge off it. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Hello. We have to put our scorecard away when it comes to parenting. There's not a good kid and a bad kid. Once you set that up, it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're just kids and they have good days and they have bad days, but love does not keep a score of the sins of others. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything and as parents, hello, that is a good description for often what it looks like. We put up with anything but we trust God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back but keeps going to the end. Why? Because love never fails. Turn to someone by you and say, love trumps everything. It does. It does. Do it with love. Discipline your kids in love. It sounds different. It does. Tell your kids off, yes, but tell them off in love. What does that look like? It looks like I am really cross. You have really messed up. And I don't think that that is acceptable. And we need some change in our household. And you know what? I need you to take time and think about this. And I'm asking you to go away and pray about this. And I want to know what it is that you're going to change to make this better and bring happiness back to that home. Otherwise, you say it this way. I am sick of you and I am done with you. Get out of this house. You're a waste of my time. You're a waste of space. Both are saying discipline to a child. One sounds very different. Why? Love trumps everything. Put love over it. Have a brave heart. Have a courageous heart. Keep your heart intact. Remember when you're learning as you're leading, one of the keys is always remember love is the trump card. Secondly, something to tuck away when you are learning as you are leading. Failure is not final. Failure is not final. Some of you need to hear that today. Failure is not final. Well, I've screwed up. Failure is not final. Well, my kids can't stand me. Failure is not final. Well, my, heart, my home is dysfunctional. Failure is not final. I'm not even speaking to my mother. Failure is not final. I don't even know my siblings anymore. We've all separated. Failure is not final. If you live in an area of your life where you have let the failure become the final word of your life, I'm here to tell you, God's grace has more for you than that. Don't live there. It's not his plan for you. Listen, you will fail as a parent. 
You will fail. I have failed as a parent many times. And my children said, amen. Well, they didn't say amen because they love their mother. But they can say amen because I have failed many times. I have over, been over-expectant of what I think they should do that is, that is unrealistic for a child of their age. I have at times sensed in them something of greatness and being frustrated that they don't seem to sense it in themselves. And so I fail to communicate in a way that is grace-filled. I let my frustration speak out. I have failed in many areas where they probably would have had a better chance of having help. I fail maths homework many, many, many times. I have failed. I have sent my children to school. Not once, but twice, when school was closed for the holidays. I am that mother that got them out of bed and went back to bed because I was tired. It was after the Cherish Conference, and I remember thinking, thank God for school, and getting back in bed and pulling the duvet over my head, only to hear the doorbell, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, open the door, and my daughter look at me with fire in her eyes. I could forgive you once, but you have now done this twice. I am the only kid at school. I rode the school to school on the bus. I had to get the bus back. There was no one at school. Mom, school is closed for an entire week. Why don't you know these things? Yes, I have failed my children and I will fail them again. I'm sorry because I am human. But failure is not final. Failure is not the definition of my parenting. Failure happens to us all. Failure doesn't have to be the definition of your marriage. Get back up and try again. But I failed. Try again. Yeah, but I'm not very good. Try again. Paul wrote to the church in 2 Corinthians 13, and he was asking them how they were doing, and he was saying, look, I hope we're not failing, but if we are failing, I'm willing to Face the fact that we're failing. You've got to face the fact if you are failing so you can fix the fact that you are failing. It says this in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. It says, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. I love that. Regular checkups. I check in with myself all the time. How am I doing? How's my anger? How's my patience? How's my words? How, how, how's my joy? How am I doing? Am I doing good? Am I checking up? Check up with yourself. Give yourself regular checkups. Have I got grace? Do I have any hope about this situation? Have I even prayed about it? Do you even believe God that he can change it? Check in with yourself. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. I love that. If you fail it, in other words, you will fail the test. And when you do, do a reset. Don't give up. Don't quit the subject. Do a reset. You know what? You know more now than you did the first time you sit the exam. So you've got more information to pull from. If you fail the test, do something about it. I hope the test won't show that we've failed, but if it comes to that, we'd rather the test showed our failure than yours. We're rooting for the truth to win out in you. We couldn't possibly do otherwise. Listen to this. 
We don't just put up with our limitations. We celebrate them. And then we go on to celebrate every strength, every triumph of the truth in you. We pray hard that it will all come together in your lives. I love that. We celebrate the success and we celebrate the failure. Why? Because both make us better. Both teach us better. Both give us a hand up to learn and to get something right that before we failed on. So remember that failure, whatever it looks like, is not final. Some of you I know Mother's Day is a hard day because someone failed you. The parent that should have been there for you was not there for you. They didn't say the words over you that you would have longed to have heard. And so you grew up with a loveless relationship. You grew up not knowing what it was like to have a mother that mothered you in a nurturing way. I get that this for many people around the world today is a very hard day. And there's two ways to go about that. The first is to say I was not loved and I was not cared for. and My mother did not do me right. And to park up the life right there and park up the comment right there and say, and therefore, I have every right to feel the way I do. Or you can say, I was not loved the way I should. My mother didn't extend to me the love that you're talking about. But you know what? Failure will not be final in my life. And though I feel someone failed me, I will not build a life around the failure. I will build a life around faith for a better future. You get to choose. Like Paul said, you get to choose. And so I'm not saying that this is an easy day, but I am saying you can move forward when you understand failure is not final. Two more things I want to say. This one is funny because I don't think we think about it enough. And what reminded me of this was we recently got an Alexa in our home. Do you all know what I'm talking about when I say Alexa? that thing that's advertised on TV, the little Bluetooth thing, and you speak to it and you tell it what to do and then it does what you tell it to do. And so you say, Alexa, add to my things to do list. And it syncs into your phone and it adds it to your things. So you can say, Alexa, set a timer for three minutes. And it goes, okay. And after three minutes, it beeps and you know your egg is ready. You can say, Alexa, play me this song. And it will go and search and it will pull it down and play that song. Well, Alexa has power. You tell her what to do and she does what you ask her. Most of the time, you know, the scary thing is when Amazon brought it out, people, people's kids were saying, Alexa, order me a diamond ring. And Alexa will say, I found three on the internet, one for such and such, one for such and such. Would you like me to buy them? And the kids were saying yes. And people would get sent a diamond ring and the bill that went with it. Amazon are having to refund a lot of customers for a lot of things that their children have ordered on their behalf. But in our household, Alexa is only used really for one thing, and that's for music. I have a family that love music. The only thing is, we all like different types of music. Anyone else have one of those households? So I walk in and I will always say, Alexa, play Sleeping At Last. It's one of my favorite bands. Chilled music, vibey music, nice, like, ambience music. So I'll say, play tracks by Sleeping At Last. You're all going to Google it when you get home, aren't you? To see if I have good music taste. Save you time. I do. Anyway, <laughs> my husband, however, his music taste is a little bit 
dubious. And so he will walk in and he will say, Alexa, after I've already given her orders, hello, Alexa, I say, play Sleeping at Last, and she will. And Steve will walk in and he'll go, Alexa, play jazz. No, it's not good. All of a sudden we go from chill to That's all it sounds like to me. I'm just like. And then my daughter will walk in and she'll go, who put this on? Alexa, play rap. So now we're like rapping in the kitchen. It goes on and on, this fight over what Alexa plays. But you know what you need to remember? In all of your learning as you lead, you get to choose the soundtrack. Underneath all we do, there is a soundtrack that whether you are conscious of the selection or not, you are choosing a soundtrack. It's in the moan and the tone of your voice. You are choosing a soundtrack. And that soundtrack, I want to ask you, do you like it? And if you don't, my challenge to you is when you leave here, go change your soundtrack. See, some of you, your soundtrack that you are parenting or doing marriage to, it sounds a little bit like this. One, two, break free. I want to break free. Get me out of here. I want to break free from these kids, from the laundry, from the husband, from the chores the cooking and God gets involved I've got to break you ready God knows God knows God knows I want to break free and all the mothers said amen now some of you you have a different soundtrack to your daily routine, to your parenting, to your marriage, to the general way you do life and your soundtrack that you have chosen goes a little like this. would be a better song for the soundtrack of your parenting. I will survive you. I will outlast your tantrums. I will survive the sleepless nights. You can throw your dummy at me and you can poop as many diapers as you want, but I, I will survive. Hey, hey. you choose the soundtrack of your life and so I just suggesting tonight that maybe you should go home and you should change your soundtrack here's a good one for some of you girls in here as you are mothering those crazy kids this is a good soundtrack I your mother yes I am titanium yes I am I am a titanium mother nothing will bring me down I got this don't interrupt me. I don't know where your shoes are. Get yourself to school. Go ask your father. Right? Or you can have this one.
There's a verse in Psalm 143, verse 7. The context of the psalm is that David is facing all kinds of heartache and trouble. His life is in danger. He is facing all kinds of persecution to his own safety. And he simply says this, God, if you wake me each morning with the sound of your loving voice, I'll go to sleep each night trusting in you. In other words, I'm choosing the soundtrack. When I wake up in the morning, I choose to hear you. Not the enemy, not the threat, not the danger. I choose to hear what you say about me. And if I choose to start with that soundtrack of your loving voice, not judging voice, not critical voice, not angry voice, not disappointed voice, not you're not good enough voice. If I choose to wake up, God, with that voice singing over me, then I know that whatever happens in the day, I'll go to sleep at night trusting in you. What's David saying? I'm choosing my soundtrack. In all of our journey, we get to make the same choice. Your soul, as it were, is the Alexa. And you can say to that soul anytime, change the track. Raising children, raising a generation, leading those that look to us for wisdom and input. Being that figure that brings nurture to others and wisdom to others is not easy. God never said it would be easy. But in the journey, if you can remember those few things, if you can remember in the midst of the crazy, if you can remember love trumps everything, maybe you'll think of something that you didn't think of it when your temper was ruling everything. If in the midst of it all you can remember failure is not final. Maybe you'll find the strength to get back up and try again. If you can remember in the midst of it all that I don't have to listen to that soundtrack, I get to choose mine. 
then maybe it will change the way you handle the situation in front of you. I'm going to ask the team to come back up here and join me as we begin to bring this to a close. This one I want to particularly say over the women in the room today, the mothers in the house today, and we have some amazing mums in this house. I want to simply say this over your life because some of you, maybe you have no one to say it over you. Maybe you don't have a husband to say it over you. Maybe your kids are too young to verbalize in the way I am. And so they don't find these words. They haven't said them over you. Well, I want to, as a mum to this house, say over all of you women, you are all together lovely. You are all together lovely. There's something about you that God finds irresistible. You're the apple of his eye. You're his daughter. You're a daughter of the most high God. I don't know what people have spoken over you. I don't know what a child has said to you in haste. I don't know what they've shot out of their mouth, not knowing the arrow that was in their mouth. But I want you to know you are all together lovely. Well, I don't feel lovely, but you are all together lovely. Yeah, but I, I, I don't feel like I measure up, but you are all together lovely. God adores you. He loves you. And in a world that devalues women, in a world that puts down women, in a world where women are abused and women are sidelined and women are seen by some as an object for use, in this house, in God's house, we want you to know you are altogether lovely. You are worthy of honor. You deserve respect that God has crafted in you amazing gifts and talents. You are not less than, you are more than enough. And in Proverbs 31, the Bible talks about this woman that takes care of a household, this woman that is a heart of a mother, this nurturing gift within her. And I love what it says towards the end of Proverbs 31. It says this, she keeps an eye on everyone in our household. And I love this line, and she keeps them all busy and productive because that is what us mothers do. Her children respect and bless her. And if you are in here, children, young adults, teenagers, give respect where respect is supposed to be given. Sometimes our kids give more respect to a celebrity or a friend at school or a colleague or someone they do life with that they think is cool, but the woman, the mother that birthed you, though she might not be perfect, give respect to her. Give respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. And today, if you are a single mom in here, you are a hero. You are amazing, and what a man does not say over you, God has already spoken it over you. You are worthy of great praise. We honor you. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. Charm, that misleads. Beauty, that soon fades. But the woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. And I love this line festoon her life with praises. I guess all we wanted to do today was create an environment where we could do just that. Let you know we see you, we love you, and somehow throw confetti with our words over you. Somehow leave a bit of sparkle on you as you leave here to say, you're doing a great job. We want to festoon you with praises. 
Hey, thanks so much for spending this time together. And now we pray it makes a difference practically and in everything you face, every challenge, every difficulty, every circumstance. We really pray that you remember that God is for you. Cherish really came from me feeling a stirring in my heart to do something for uh, to gather women together. I have to admit, I never really was drawn to women's ministry. It was the last thing that I thought I would do. But I noticed this emerging of these young women and these older women and so much potential for us to do something. And there's just something about when girls get together with purpose that they're just, there's such power in that and effectiveness in it. And so I wanted to create something that would pull people together to to rally them around the greatest purpose of all, the purpose of God's kingdom, the, all those women's hands and feet coming together that was just like an army to me that were coming together to make a difference. And that excited me. And I began the journey and the momentum kicked in and it began to grow and then it grew some more and then it grew some more until now we have to have the arena as our home for Cherish. And every time I step into that arena and I see thousands upon thousands of women worshiping together, praying together, sowing seed together, crying together, laughing together. It's just this amazing cacophony of sound that is making an impact. It just, it travels further. Cherishes are coming together, but it's also ascending out. People never leave the same. Miracles happen in that atmosphere. There's such a power in all of these nations and people that are gathering. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey, but at Cherish, all those journeys somehow for those few days find this united, coming together power of God that operates through us and in us. And I think in our mothering or in our parenting, in our doing life, in our careers, we all are so busy uh, in this kind of treadmill of life we get on, so many things we have to take care of. To step outside of that and say, hey, we are called to set our sister up to win. We're called to set that girl up to win. We're called to set the next generation up to win. Something about that that is the essence of Cherish, that I want people to step in and feel like, wow, here, people are setting me up to win. They want me to go further. They want me to succeed. I think that's something beautiful, too, about the atmosphere of Cherish. And I love it. And I love seeing new people come and experience it for the first time. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information about Life Church, check out our website, lifechurchhome.com, or download the app.